Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch romantic comedy. If you want someone to fall for you, you got to be you. Well, then Jake says, yeah, I don't think I like me enough to introduce me to other people. (laughs) Well, hello there. Hello. And welcome to RomanticComedyCommentary.com, or as Sarah likes to call it. RomComCom.com. And this week, we're doing a movie that I didn't know about, and I really, really liked. Yay. It's Sleeping With Other People. That's right. 2015. But, But let us by start off saying that I think we each watched this movie two to three weeks ago. I've watched it a good month ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I probably watched it three <laughs> weeks ago. So uh, I'm already uh, befuddled by my very first note on the movie, which is that I love an opening uh, that has some good stomp clap music. Don't remember at all that mm, there was stomp clap music in either. this movie. So. <laughs> well, shit, maybe I should have rewatched it. That'll be fine. We'll find our way through this. Yeah. Uh, but before we dive into that, you found an article related to our last episode. Yes. On Autumn in New York. Well, Autumn not, in New York. Yeah, on the movie Autumn in New York being, a terrible movie which we agree with (laughs) because this article was written by if anyone knows this vocab word a milliner do you know what a milliner is a milliner Mm -hmm. no someone who makes hats i thought that was a haberdasher hats and haberdashery well then sarah i can tell you confidently i've been using the word haberdasher incorrectly for some time because (laughs) according to google it means someone that deals in men's clothing and uh many a times as i've been in disney world i've walked towards the hat shop and said let's go see our local haberdasher the ear shop the ear shop yeah yeah they have actual like a shop on main street that is mainly geared towards selling hats with ears on them you can buy them elsewhere in the park uh, but I've sounded like a real jackass <laughs> walking into that store. Go to the haberdasher. I think I've even said to the person well, uh, working behind the counter, you know, you're my favorite haberdasher. Oh boy. <laughs> no. Great job. I know. Well, a haberdasher apparently sells all kinds of men's clothing. <sighs> and according to Google, a milliner usually means specifically women's hats. Mm-hmm. And apparently hatter is more of a term for like men's hats and stuff, like a mad hatter. Yeah, that's not as fun as milliner. Or... Milliner. So milliner, according to Nancy Friedman, word of the week, milliner, comes from the 15th century in England when it was used to be spelled Milan, like Milan, Italy, Milaner means a person from Milan, Italy, who sells fancy wares. So that's where it came from. Interesting. It's fancy hat makers out of Milan. So a hat maker wrote a story about how, oh, how bad Autumn in New York was because she wears those dumb, dumb hats. Because of those stupid hats. (laughs) And her specific (laughs) plot point was that she asked him, he asked her to make a hat for his date. Mm -hmm. And she asked him, The head size. How big is her head? Which, again, I had pointed out, most heads are roughly the same size. Yeah, are fairly similar. You don't really need to know that. And that's the same thing she said, unless you have like a very specific hat that's going to fit well. So she was assuming that's what was going to happen. Then Winona Ryder shows up with this weird, basically a fascinator that has a bunch of dealy boppers coming off of it. And it's like, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> so th- First of all, <laughs> so this so this woman that was a hat maker 
was just or a milliner was just watching this movie was like no 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 no, no well no, no, and no, her no. big point was that she didn't even wear the hat she didn't bring it with her she's like here's the hat he's like great i also have this dress for you oh i forgot she didn't wear the hat she didn't wear the hat ah uh, so the so, so the movie totally just falls apart a moot point and it was just like well great here's a hat oh and here's the other point she designed a hat quote inspired by the curve in a woman's hip and she says, nice, I couldn't wait for it. What she, res- what she delivered resembled absolutely no part of the female anatomy. When your client asks you to interpret something, you do. You don't just say, that's not really what I feel like doing today. So how about this big pile of sticks instead? <laughs> <laughs> just so true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've never heard a review of a movie through the eyes of a hat maker or just like such a specific. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like it would be. She says, as a milliner, I took great offense to the product of labor not being shown. But hey, it's a movie, right? But now I've watched it. So if you come to me and rave about it and ask me if I've seen it, well, expect an earful. (laughs) That would be like someone that makes hot rods giving a review of Grease. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So that's wonderful. It's denishehats.com is the person that also hates this movie who hates, hates the that, movie. That movie denise is from maynard massachusetts she's a milliner living and working in a small town and and she makes that hmm. okay well are you ready to dive into sleeping with other people no oh okay one other point yes so friend of the show who i don't know how i've never mentioned him before but he listens to every episode my friend Corey, who lives up in northern michigan mm-hmm. at least in the summers um listens to all of our shows wonderful and he was very concerned about our ageism comments because he's over 40 (laughs) oh wait when we dove into uh where i could date yeah where justin could date okay and he was about he was texting me today and he was about to say what is all this ageism people over 40 have feelings too and then he listened further in the episode and decided that we were just being judgy in general we were also judging people our own age (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we were being fair like everybody was everybody was we didn't like exactly so Corey, we will try to be more fair to all ages and say that that's not a reflection of you or people over 40 it's more of a reflection of justin and what my he can get away with. Yeah, I, I was all I was really asking is what I can get away with. I wasn't saying I wouldn't go above what Sarah said or right. below what Sarah said. I right. was really asking for my own friendship dynamic because I know what kind of teasing I can handle. Yes. you know, and so that was more for me, Corey. Right. But, but I would, I would go, I would probably go above what you said, but not below because below yeah. they're like less in common. Yeah, less in common. Yeah. Um, that episode, I also Corey, got... Corey, if it's any consolation, I continually forget your age. <laughs> I just think you're my age. So there you go. When I got a couple comments from friends, too, about the girls' names, it can be boys' names and mm-hmm. vice versa. That yeah. was a hot button topic with, oh, quite, really? yeah, with a few people like, well, my name could be that or my name could be that. Well, yeah. What about this name and that name? Like, I don't know. We went through the names. That was yeah. a fun game. I yeah. guess... I thought of a few since then, like, um, that couldn't be either way. Like, I don't think Kevin could go either way. Probably not. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Or just... Brian. <laughs> or Brian. Yeah. Well, Brie. Brianna. Sh- Brianna. Yeah. So it's like, but that's not Brian. No, it's not. What about Brian? Brian? Brian with a Y, maybe. Brian. Brian maybe. Brian. We had a Bryn. Yeah, I like the name Bryn. And that's mm-hmm. basically Brian. No, sir. So. <laughs> so sleeping with other people what about abe abe 
<laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Sleeping with other people. Sleeping with other people. Sleeping with people. Sleeping with people that aren't the people you want them to be. <laughs> 2015. That's right. 6.5 IMDb. 64 point, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 64. Yeah. I thought it would be better. 88 on Google users, but we've realized that that is garbage. Box office of only 3.2 mil. This yeah. didn't do too well. I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. Oh, yeah. And I, as well, it hour and 40 it's Mm -hmm. right in that time that that we like for these movies you know and i think it accomplished a lot in hour 40 yeah uh sarah but before we dive into this wonderful film do you want to give like i mean high level one minute or less you know rough explanation of the movie i mean just even the highest of levels because we both saw it many weeks ago (laughs) right uh the movie starts with allison brie freaking out in front of some guy's dorm room because she wants to have sex with him, but he's not there. And Jason Sudeikis talks her down. They start talking on the roof and realize they're both virgins, so they lose their virginity to each other. Fast forward 12 years, she's dating Adam Brody, and she admits at dinner that she's been cheating on him, goes to sex addict counseling and runs into Jason Sudeikis again. And he's also there because he is a cheater as well. Um, But she's still in love with this weirdo from college, Adam Scott's character, who's a doctor, a gynecologist, and just has a really weird vibe. So she and Jason Sudeikis decide, because they both have a problem with sex and cheating, that they're just going to be each other's like basically like sober companion, like asexual companion. And they get to be really good friends and they tell each other about their sexual adventures throughout the movie. She's still dealing with Adam Scott. He's still trying to figure out how not to cheat on everyone. And he starts kind of dating Amanda Pete. His business partner and best friend is Jason Manzoukas. They go to a birthday party for his kid And they take drugs before and there's a really funny dance scene where they're high and teaching the kids how to dance. Then she gets into med school at University of Michigan. So she knows she's going to move to Michigan. This is set in New York. And he starts dating Amanda Pete seriously. She starts med school. They're apart. Um, Something happens where he realizes he's still in love with her. Yeah, does he say her name during sex or something? Yeah, like something that? like that. She comes back to bail him out of jail because he sees Adam Scott and punches him at a brunch place. And then she and then he calls her from jail. She's his one call and he admits that he loves her and she admits that she loves him too. And then she comes back and then they end up together and the very last scene is them getting married and they realize they hadn't slept together since that very first time. So right before they go to City Hall, they apparently dug into a hotel room to have sex and leave Jason Manzoukas and his wife standing there waiting for them. I think you actually got it. Yay. That, that's impressive for the fact that... It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. So that's a good... Yeah. There were a bunch of things online about how excited people were to have it on Netflix. I think it came on Netflix in 2017. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of articles came out saying like, this is great. This, so happy to have this on it, here. I, we haven't really talked about it much, but it does feel like rom-coms are something that is really meant for like Netflix. Mm. I mean, we've done a few that mm-hmm. were Netflix specific ones and they were great. And same with this. Like, I don't yeah. know that I'd go see this at a movie theater. Right. I'll turn this on and watch it. Well, dinner or something. you say that. Okay. Apparently it crushed at Sundance. 
It was had it was sold out really? and had all this word of mouth success and everybody wanted to see it. Huh. It was really popular. And then it just didn't do much when it actually made it to like a wider yeah. release. Yeah. Huh. Maybe they just didn't know how to. I don't remember it. This is my theory. Okay. Talk to me. I think that Jason Sudeikis put some people off. Ooh. Because Carrie Winfrey did this as underrated rom-com Wednesday, like six weeks ago. And there, I was looking at the comments on it and a lot of people were saying, I just hate Jason Sudeikis and his smarmy attitude. He seems too smart for his own good or he doesn't pull it off. Everyone universally was talking about how much they love Jason Manzoukas. Yeah. Because he's amazing. Uh-huh. But not Jason Sudeikis. I, you know what? I can kind of see that. He, yeah. He had a couple skits on SNL where he would play kind of a... Did you ever see the... There was a series of skits he did. I think it was a series where he had... Um, God, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a, a very vapid guy with like a ditzy girlfriend. Be like, hey, babe, what do you want? She's like, uh, I think I I've seen that. that. He's like, just yeah. the whole skit is them doing that. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's that's what he feels like is that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. He's, but he's good, but he's funny. I mean, I liked him. Yeah. I liked, I, I I think he did fine for me. I believed his sincerity and feeling. I mean, I I am a, I'm a big Alison Brie fan. Yeah. I am going to say it because I've watched Mad Men like a bunch. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't like her at first, though, but that's that's how I know my feelings for her are real mm. is because they developed over time. The first time I watched Mad Men, did not like Trudy, hated the character yeah. so much. I was like, why is this person here? Probably about the third time I watched the series through, I realized <laughs> that that's the one character in all of her interactions with Don Draper that can push him around. Yeah. But in like really subtle ways, you know, like it. I think they did. She was having a dinner and Don was trying to get out of it. He's like, Don will see you there. And like the same type of <laughs> shit when they were at the dinner, oh, fell in love with her there. Love her on Glow. She's yeah. great on Glow. I mean, everything I see. Community. Her in, just, community. I haven't watched a ton of Community, but the, mm. author, the episodes I have I've really liked. And this, like, she just brings you in. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, I would date this girl. Like, this is. I, well, I, pff, who wouldn't? Well, I mean, like, this, the personality she displayed in this and her, just take away the physical, but just, like, yeah. even the delivery of everything, that effervescent kind yeah. of personality. Like, I was drawn into this mm-hmm. that she was she was being. Yeah. So in closing, I would date Allison Brie. <laughs> that if there's one thing that I get across in this episode, I'd like it to be that. Well, yeah. I mean, of course. Like she's like the one cool girl, but she clearly has an issue with cheating on people. In this film or in real life? In this film. Oh, okay, I don't know. Are you, t- are you talking about Allison Brie in real life? Well, now I'm talking about Allison Brie in real life. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> you don't sure, know what her personality of, is. Well, I think I I've, in interviews she seems like a lovely woman. Yeah, I could see us really getting along. She's married to Dave Franco. That's unfortunate for me <laughs> in this scenario. Guess I have to move on to Anna Kendrick now. She's not married, is she? No. Well, she's not. Well, then I would also date her. Oh, well, good. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I she's another one of those people who. I recognize as being very attractive, but doesn't do anything for me. Oh, she's a Drew Barrymore for you? I think she's prettier physically, but, but she's still more attractive. Well, we've talked about this before, Drew Barrymore. Where we're both yeah. kind of like, I recognize you're attractive, but you're not doing it for like. So she falls kind of into that Barrymore zone? No, because I think she's a lot more attractive than Drew Barrymore, but still just not 
to me. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. If it wasn't for that Dave Franco, <laughs> I obviously would uh, be right in there. You'd find her. So like, it opens with her screaming in this dorm room. Yeah. But have you ever seen any good dorm room meltdowns? I was trying to think if I have. I mean, you know, I've seen the like, you know, in a in the neighborhood outside of bars, like girls drunkenly screaming at guys. But mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. I know I've seen guys getting yelled at over the phone and the usual walking down the hallway going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, but. N- yeah. Uh-huh. N- no, no, but I. Oh, uh-huh. Like a that girl I've actively seen. screaming at her yeah, boyfriend? Yeah, I don't know. I've actively. I've seen someone like throwing clothes or throwing things or beating a door. Yeah. Does that even happen? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean. Darn it. There I'm, was a guy who. <laughs> who lived two doors down from us sophomore year who was quite a ladies man and I was dating someone seriously at the time so we were just friends there was never any like I wasn't going to hook up with him or anything but mm. I would wander into their room because I was friends with his roommates and it would be like there's a weird vibe here there's an angry girl either here or it was just here <laughs> you could just feel and the it was energy like, yeah and there and and it was and I would wander in and girls would find me threatening or something and I'm like I'm not interested and i think he hooked up with like the girls at the end of one of the girls at the end probably two of the girls at the end of the hall one girl across the hall one he was just like making his way around vwk yeah Yeah. but he also was so charismatic and carefree that he somehow pulled it off and they ended up like mad at each other and it was very strange wow but also classically him that's masterful i can only think of really one maybe two guys i've met in my life that i think could pull off what you're describing yeah it's very it, unique thing. it takes a very special person to yeah. all, like that would haunt me like, it takes he, not giving enough yeah mixed with somehow being super friendly and charismatic yeah like i i'm i don't like when one person is kind of upset with something i've done like if <laughs> i've done something to cause them you know, unhappiness that bothers me to imagine a whole floor of women mm-hmm. has those feelings towards to smile me. in the face of anger. Yeah. And yeah. then turn it around. Oh my yeah. God. I wish I had that ability, but I know no. enough to say I don't. Well, the other way that you can do that is to just be a complete stone wall. And that's what Brian has a friend from high school who I swear made girls completely insane and continues to, to this day. And everyone knows it. Because in high school, he made this girl crazy and they were like, oh, she's crazy. And then it kept happening. It was like, oh, no, she's not crazy. It's him making people crazy. And it was somebody's 30th birthday. Wait, so was he He wasn't like actively gaslighting women? No, oh, he okay. just wouldn't say anything. Oh. Nothing. Stonewalling. Oh. So then they would get animated mm-hmm. and then people would realize like, oh, it's no, it's him passively instigating? Yeah, or just not, just being weirdly absent or like i can't explain it are you describing a sociopath no uh uh-uh he's like just a bro who just hangs he like when brian was in college he had this uh, this guy i'm talking about had taken a girl home for the night and then she left and he came out of his room And all the guys are giving him like a bunch of crap. And did you sleep with her? And what did you do? And what happened? And he adamantly denied it. No, we didn't sleep together. No, 
no, we didn't do anything. No, no, no. Deny, deny, deny. And then his phone beeped across the room and someone picked it up and, and it said from the girl, did you come inside me? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what is this? And he just smiles and walks away. Like, that's just how he is. I guess you're right. That and is it's the like, other way to handle the it. Fuck? Wow. And that's classically him. I mean, I have so many stories of him just doing weird stuff. Like we were at a bar on like Christmas Eve or something like that randomly in Cincinnati. And he walks in and goes, hey, Schmidt's wife. And I'm like, where'd you come from? He's just a random dude. And he was at this 30th birthday party with his girlfriend. He had like not done something she liked or something. She was screaming in his face. Brian said it was the most awkward thing and crying and losing her mind in front of everyone at this party. And he was just standing there just with kind of like a mm, blase look on his face and half opened eyes. And Brian was like, I would have been freaking out if someone was yelling at me like that. And he just no response, which drives people even crazier. And just the screaming. And I mean, we were at a wedding that he was at. I was eight months pregnant, so I was sober. And I couldn't find Brian. And he had just come out of the bathroom. I said, is Brian in there? And he just shook his head, yes. And I'm like, great. And then I'm looking around. I see Brian across the room. And I said, hey, <laughs> why'd you say Brian was in there? He's over here. And he just looks at me and, and like shrugs his shoulders and is just like, hmm, <laughs> and I'm like, this is why people go fucking nuts. I'm sober and pregnant and I want to kill you <laughs> because for some reason you just lied to me. I mean, was that a, was that him being like careless or do you think it was a bro move? Like, well, she doesn't know where Brian's at. I'm going to cover know. for him. That's why you don't know. That's, that's why you don't know what to do with this guy. That's amazing. He's just a, a a complete enigma. No, that's the type of person that I want to view like one party <laughs> removed. You know, like yeah. I like I'd like to know him, mm -hmm. but not close enough where like I'm ever there. Yeah. Like I or I'm in the spot, but like he's on the other side of the bar that's and this is happening. Usually how I am, except the one time I asked him one question. That's the only time I've ever asked him anything. Like asked him to do something, like, do you know where Brian is? And he that same wedding, what his ex showed up who he used to hook up with all the time, like in between girlfriends and sometimes during girlfriends. And she starts texting him. His girlfriend of three years sees the text and freaks out and is like screaming at him at this wedding. And it's, it's like, why? He's just a weird dude. And that brings me to the movie, Adam Scott. Mm -hmm. He must have a similar thing going on because he plays this character not... Like a nerdy doctor, he doesn't give you any tongue-in-cheek. There's no comedy about this guy. Mm. He's a weird dude who gives off a weird, serious vibe and then cheats on his fiance with Alison Brie many, many, many times. And he almost has that same kind of thing where it's like, why are you like this? Why does she like you? Why does she keep coming back to you? I don't know. Well, he was described as, I believe, the Pontiac Aztec of people. Yes. In the film. Yeah, he has a weird mustache and weird, like, pedophile glasses and, like, slicked back hair and seems to have not a lot of personality. 
why is she drawn to him? Well, that, that was the whole point that he made to her when they were on the rooftop early on was yeah. the, how like boring and bad of a person he was like, right. why is this the guy you're interested in? Yeah. And for it to, you know what, though, I will say this. I, I don't know your experiences in your life, but there have been a couple times in my life that someone has just gotten under my skin the right way. Yeah. I remember there was a, there was a girl in high school I really liked for no good. And for whatever reason, none of these people I'm thinking of there, I'm sure they're wonderful people in their own rights, mm. but looking back, like there was no reason for them to have their hooks in me quite like this. Mm-hmm. And yet there was something inescapable about it for me. So I do sympathize with this, that it's almost sometimes like he never gave her exactly what she wanted. So she was always seeking it or something. Well, like validation. Like she was always on the chase. And he was never giving her. Yeah, yeah. I, I that I did like how he played this because you said it right. He never really gave you anything too hammy to hate. Yeah, he never gave the camera any sort of wink. He wasn't obviously obnoxious like he is in Step Brothers. Yeah, he wasn't someone that you were immediately supposed to hate. He was just kind of weird when they gave you enough of what was going on between them two that you almost like your imagination got to play a little bit with what was possibly going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes which you know made you hate him 10 times more right expect oh, and when jason or when jason sudeikis walked up at uh the brunch place yeah the brunch he didn't he, he said to it i love that scene where he says to the girl he's with like i think i got i recognize this guy i gotta go talk to him mm-hmm. and didn't he ask did he ask his name or if he went to the college no, or something college, like that yeah and Aren't then you just, blah 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 from whatever and then just pops him yeah Ugh. punches him right in the face i and then it goes out they like tumble outside and onto the patio and <laughs> and he's just the cops come up and he's going i'm cool i'm cool i'm cool and the other guy's freaking out yeah. it's like that was wonderful. Oh, oh, yeah. That was wonderful. Okay. I like that a lot. I like that he. I like that he defended her honor. You know, it, that yeah. guy treated her like Except garbage. That's the one crappy thing. Okay. The one real loser in this movie is Amanda Peet because she had her guard up for him You're the right. entire time. She was okay. So Jason Sudeikis and Jason Manzukis are business partners who have just sold their company to a bigger company, and they are staying on as. Uh, did they ever establish advisors. what the company no, they sold did? What it was. I love that. I, know. I love it so much. And she is now their boss, Amanda Pete. And he says, I think I have the quote here. She says, You can get go get any woman you want. He says, Really? Well, I still choose you. And she says, Why? Because I happen to be in your eye line, because she knows he's a player. Because he apparently already has a nickname around the office. And he says, well, that possibly because you're uninterested, most likely because you're stunning and successful. I'm divorced. His loss. I have a kid. I love kids. Kids love me. I basically am a kid. And I don't sleep with my employees. I quit. It's just like (laughs) on and on and on. So he's really laying it on on her. And she's really turning him down because she knows that he's a player. She knows that she's in a situation, you know, where she's a divorced single mom and finally he breaks her down when he really does present his resignation letter of resignation and and is like sign this and then we can go on a date and she chooses not to sign it and she's like okay he really is serious so they start dating seriously and he's pretty involved with her kid yeah and then it all goes to shit when he sees adam scott at that brunch diner and says, 
you hurt my girl or something. You hurt my girl. And he punches him, everything. The cops come. He's in the back of a cruiser, just elated because he got to punch Adam Scott. And she, the cops let her go sit in the back with him. And she's like, your girl? And he's like, yeah, sorry. I don't know. She's just my good friend. And she's like, you motherfucker. Like she knows that he is still in love with Alison Bray. And so- she even says like, I have like a kid that you like that we were going to a soccer game, you know? And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Like that's a sucky, <sighs> sucky position. I liked Alison Bree so much. I, f- I overlooked this part <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. I generally forgot it happened. Yeah. Oh, now I'm sad. I mean, we're all rooting for him and Alison Bree, Definitely. But it just really sucks. You're right. How... She did get screwed over. Yeah. Well, why'd they do that? I don't know. No. I don't know. I forgot about She's that. She's the last casualty of his player lifestyle. I didn't. Oh, no. But yeah. I, maybe maybe she fell in love with one of the cops right afterwards. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to believe that. Although this movie does a good job of being very authentic. It doesn't have that like really kitschy kind of... Mm-hmm. Thing where you would immediately have her fall. That's a very Fairly Brothers thing to do. Have her like making out with a cop to like, yeah, sum up the movie and show how no one really ended up hurt. Yeah, you know? they, they really made it the their story of the the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, even yeah. like Jason Manzoukas and his wife were kind of just you know in the background. Yeah. Did you see the scenes at the end of them at the church? Sure. It, it was standing like, outside city hall it, it was or yeah city hall is like the if you watch the rest of the credits the, a lot of the credits just had them ad-libbing mm-hmm. outside of it of, yeah. i thought that was kind of funny. Was really funny yeah they did seem really sweet together too yeah oh, he's the best i think uh someone told me once he gets his hair cut at a super cuts jason manzucas yeah just huh. a normal old guy going to super cuts that's nice yeah i'd like to believe that's true i really like him I know everybody likes him uh, i do also want to say uh one tiny it's not a cameo but for me it kind of was craig from parks and rec was a sex addict in one of the scenes and craig oh the, um, with billy eichner that always had the, the interactions with don amigo where he's always yelling at people yeah, yeah. Billy eichner. he was a sex addict yeah. in this and i thought that was hysterical yeah. mm-hmm so the writer and director, her name is Leslie Headland. Do you know her from anything else on Netflix right now? I need to look at a picture of her. Or you mean she by looks name? like Maggie of Will and Maggie of our friends Will and Maggie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in some pictures she kind of does. Do I recognize her off of anything else? Without... No, you wouldn't recognize oh. her. You would know her name if you knew. No, I don't. She has the huge show which I loved called Russian Doll. Oh, I never watched that. It's so good. With Natasha Lyonne. Yeah, who's also in this. this. Yes. There's a lot of... Crossover? Yes. And, oh, it's so good. And she was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me because of Russian Doll. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So when I saw her name, I was like, ah, I know you. (laughs) Yeah. So she's versatile. Yeah, she did her first directing, writing movie was bachelorette which is that one with um oh my gosh rumor wilson rebel 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 wilson not rumor willis rebel wilson (laughs) um and what the heck is her name scarlett johansson i'm wrong the movie bachelorette is with james marsden 
Rebel Wilson, Adam Scott, and Kirsten Dunst. Oh. And Isla Fisher. Oh, love her. And Lizzie Kaplan. So this has a lot of crossover as well. Did you ever watch the, the um, show? It only had two and a half seasons. Oh, fuck. I can never remember the names of these goddamn shows. Where they are waiters in Hollywood catering. No, you've told me about this the show before. What the hell is that show called? You've told me to watch this and I haven't. It's so good. We're good enough friends. I'm, I'm willing to admit that to you. Mm-hmm. Party Down. I could not remember that. I would never have gotten that if I hadn't found it. It's called Party been, Down. I wouldn't have been able to help you. As Jane Lynch and Lizzie Kaplan and Adam Scott and um, Ken Marino from Ken Wet Marino. Hot American oh, Summer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it's so good. So there's like a lot of crossover here mm-hmm. too okay. with that. So maybe Leslie Hedlund had some involvement with Party Down. I don't know. But I was so happy to see her. On this, and this is her baby. Hmm. So. And speaking of Natasha Leone, I just I have a note here of how during this movie, apparently, I thought it would be really cool if she would narrate a day of my life, but not like oh, not her a voice is so great, not a crazy day, but like a normal day where she's kind of stumbling over things. Like uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's going through the, the uh, he's going through the aisle, he's getting some <laughs> milk, and uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all he needs right there. Did we talk about how um, Natasha Leone? went to nyu i think got into tish at nyu and and her parents gave her like whatever the tuition money was i think it was like 50 or 60 grand Mm. and instead of giving it to nyu she dropped out and put it as a down payment on an apartment in greenwich village and then just looked for stuff Really? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. You know, you hear those stories and then you always wonder how many people did that exact same thing and it and it failed. And it didn't pay off mm. and then their life was just in shambles. Uh there's a comedian, I can't remember who, who had a bit about that that was like, Hey, everyone's gonna get up here and tell you to follow your dreams. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. He's like, The fact that I'm up here and have a TV special, that's like a one in a million shot. Like, this won't happen. Don't follow your Don't dreams. Go the safe route because chances are you're going <laughs> to fail. And I was like, oh, that's not a funny bit, but it's pretty true. Well, but there's the other side, which is if you don't do it, you don't have any chance. That's, and if, no, I know. If the only option is failure, then well, no, I, are you more likely to actually get your shit together? Well, I think it's Bill Burr has a, has a uh, bit about how it's scarier people laugh when someone's 30 and sleeping on someone's couch but Mm -hmm. chasing a dream like being a comedian he's like i think it's sadder and scarier to be someone married to a person you don't love have a kid and be in a job you hate at 30 and all that i'd I'd rather be sleeping on the couch couch chasing it well and you know my lifestyle choices i i have chosen the route that is not the safest mm-hmm. but is the one that you know Road I guess, travel. yeah i guess i won't say it fulfills me necessarily but is you know more daring so i i guess i do support that dream chasing I, yeah you know. i mean if you if you don't then what is your life it's a good it's point like, some, somebody else i was listening to on terry gross was saying that was saying like do you want to have a life or do you just want to do what everyone wants you to do? Yeah. I've always kind of thought too, at least in regards to how I choose to live my life and the things I do, like, you know, the, the same, the same <clears throat> life that, you know, married, have kids, go get a job, work nine to five, retire, whatever. Like 
it's been lived a thousand it's been lived millions of times mm-hmm. like yeah it looks good but that's been done Let, mm-hmm. let's you know might be a little rockier uh-huh but you know yeah mm-hmm. be a lot more fun to try something different at the very least you know donahoe good friend of the show we always talked about just you know always chasing a story which i've gotten away from lately and i need to get chasing back to a story. just always being interested in like if you're unsure of a situation or you're unsure what to do go with the direction that's going to lead to the better story oh. you know as you're talking to friends later what which direct which story in the, the fork in the road which direction is the story you'd rather oh tell gosh. better i wish more of our friends would do that <laughs> It's way more interesting. It is way more interesting, but Donahoe also uh, has lived on like a shack on a beach. I mean, you know, it it's not pretty. The stories are great, but there's there's a back end too of hardship to get those stories. I'm thinking more about like if we're all out at a bar or something. <laughs> like, don't just be like, "Well, gotta go home." I like, need to get back in that mindset. I'm guilty of doing that lately. I know which leads that's me. not you. I was talking. Oh about. well, you can be because I deserve it. Yeah, I mean, like when we went on that really boring brewery tour, <laughs> and I was like, "How am I going to spice this up? Because this is insufferable. I can't just stand here." It wasn't boring for the people. It was the tour guide was boring. To be clear, the information was boring. It too. was yes, and she was doing nothing to razzle dazzle. No. Yes. And she was almost like, aren't you so happy that you're here listening to me at this amazing brewery? And the, I was like, this was one of the f- slow your roll. This lady. was one of the funniest things Sarah's done in our entire friendship. And it, please describe the concept of what you did. I left. I left describing this and texting people that don't know you when when we left there. I thought it was so funny. I was just bored. I know, but I was telling. I was bored, and I had had a beer and a half, and it was time to turn it up. And so as we're because no one on else this, was going to, so we're getting on this brewery tour. It's boring, and you lean over and tell me. I say, I'm going to ask her how many people have died here. I'm going to turn this into a haunted brewery tour <laughs> and try to really. I said last time I was on a tour, it was a haunted Scotland. <laughs> Edinburgh tourists and so I really feel like we need to like find out where the bodies are and she was not amused well, you, at all you asked how many people died there she's like zero and then we kept being like well is there, are there bodies in that tank um do ghouls ever bother people as they're coming she just stopped have and- you ever heard strange noises late at night no <laughs> <laughs> and you would figure like as a tour guide who's done this a lot and they give you this tour they gave you beers during yeah. the tour yeah. like they knew their crowd she was like 24 yeah like come on if i had been giving that tour i would have leaned in so yeah, hard and she I, was not interested but i, I would have given a disclaimer at beginning and end okay guys none of the information you get on this tour is going to be real okay mm-hmm. and then i would have leaned in and be like actually 75 people have died here <laughs> 75 <laughs> they try to keep it very quiet and they were saying something about the mall and i said oh is it the dead bodies and make it give it that flavor <laughs> when they mentioned yeah. elvis juice didn't we elvis, talk, we, yeah we oh it must be parts of elvis's well. body in there <laughs> Yeah, and it was way more interesting. Yeah, so Brewdog, if you want a better Ooh, you're tour, calling him out. I'll call it. Yeah, Brewdog, if you want a better tour, <laughs> just contact Sarah and I, and we can help make up a fictitious. We will make up a tour. sweet haunted Brewdog tour, and you can give a disclaimer at the beginning yeah. that none of it is true. If you're gonna make us wear safety glasses and hard hats and large yellow vests, then I'm going to force you to get out of your normal spiel. And your boring tour. Yeah, if we're out of our comfort zone, you should be out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That leads me to a question I actually had. When's the last time you did a shot of tequila? They all did shots of tequila Who in this did? movie. Oh, in the movie. Yeah, but they're like supposed to be, aren't they supposed to be not quite our age, but like older? They're not like 20. Well, it's 12 years after college, so. So they're, yeah, yeah, they're like they're our like age. 32, 34. 
When's the last time you did an honest to God shot of tequila? Ooh. Cause they did, they did it and they did it like it was know. nothing. Cause I feel like if we Maybe. went to a bar and we said, all right, everybody, we're doing shots of tequila. Mm-hmm. Easily 75% of the group would go. Mm-hmm. I, I started know. ditching out on shots about three years ago. I would say mm-hmm. before that, I always felt like, Oh, there are shots. I must take one. Mm-hmm. This must be something I do because I was offered it. Yeah. And it was just a few years ago that I was like, I'm going to stop doing that because it makes me feel horrible. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, now I'm old and I drink bourbon on the rocks without anything else in it. So one of our uh, friends, one of the dads at Emma's school was talking about how he drinks tequila, just like sips it and drinks it straight. And I was like, well, maybe I could get into that. But I don't know if I've taken a shot of it. I used to do in college. I, I, yeah, I in college. I used to do as a stunt man. That mm-hmm. was my bar trick. Are you aware of what the stunt man is? No. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this. It was uh, to shot of tequila, mm-hmm. but instead of licking the salt, doing the shot, or is it? Yeah, it's salt. You put it in your eye. You actually do that? No, no, no. Let me. You you snort the salt. You yeah. do the shot. You squirt the lime in your eyes. I know. That used to be my bar trick. You would do that? People would buy me I shots. That was a joke. No, I was 21 and people would buy me shots oh, if I did Justin. it. And let me tell you the trick, okay? The salt, there's no way to really fake that. But the lime, as you're doing it, you kind of like squint a little bit and it goes down the side. So the lime doesn't hurt so bad. The uh, salt is terrible. That. That's a really bad idea. Well, I was 21. And again, people, it was my bar trick. Anytime I did it, I never paid for the shot, Hmm. which was usually well tequila. Oh, great. I know. So it was. uh, Man, in college, Laura Inglehart and I would line up three shots each of Smyrna vodka on the stove. We'd be drinking all like from like eight on we'd make her little sister who was a freshman come and do our makeup because she used to work for bare essentials oh i thought you just meant you wanted to be a bully no <laughs> get over we'd here. be like you can have free booze come do our makeup and we would drink mixed drinks because laura only drank mixed drinks and i was fine with that and then we would go out around like 10 30 or 11 and line up three shots of vodka each take them right in a row and then take a mixed drink to go because all we knew all it was was like beast and crappy keg beer at these parties yeah and i'm just like how the fuck did we do that how did we do that and then we'd be at tim's at like 1 or 1 30 and then laura inglehart poor laura sorry laura is the least able to handle tequila i have ever seen someone be i don't know what happened to her but she would take a shot and literally lose everything. Like a rag doll. No, like lose all of the things in oh, her p- oh. person. Like she <laughs> like lost she her ID. Throw her person it was just like, bye. Like she would be like rage, Laura. Like one shot of tequila would turn her into like hot mess Hulk yelling. She knocked over a lamp. She lost her ID. She lost her wallet and a key. And was just like, like so ridiculous. And that, and the last time she had tequila, she did it too. It's like she's done it like two or three times in college where she would just lose everything. And it's like, Laura, you can't have tequila. (laughs) Next time she's a guest, can we please get her some (laughs) tequila? tequila. Yeah, just like at the beginning. Well, she's changed so much now. She goes to breweries and drinks beer, and I don't even know her anymore. Just kidding, Laura, I know you. But you're 
your taste in alcohol has changed significantly, Laura. So I don't know what you would do now. Well, I know I really want to give her a shot of tequila when we start recording next time and see how it, <laughs> I doubt how it she'll evolves. say yes. She's got a good will now. You never know. She's up for a good time. Yeah. Laura, if you're out there, you can weigh in. This movie, there's where they're friends, where they, the, number one, the conversation where they determine they're like a couple, but not a couple, mm-hmm. and they're just friends. Yeah. My heart was breaking during that. Why? Because it was just, it was the, wasn't the phone call? They're each like laying in their bed, and it's a phone call, and that's where they determine, and you can just tell they both care for each other so much, and like, neither of them wants it. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I don't remember if it was the phone call. I remember when they were sitting next to each other on the couch or he had just maybe that's it or he had like had a fold-out couch that he she was sleeping on i just have i just have down here in my notes really heartbreaking that's what i'm saying i have a note here that it's it's just it was heartbreaking and that i've been in that moment and that i just that i guess that's one Mm -hmm. thing about this movie is it had like we talk about how these the best ones connect with this Mm -hmm. one there were two or three moments yeah that's why i wanted you to watch yeah because i've had you know yeah a couple times in my life, people that are, you know, women that are friends that, you know, there's a flirtation. And then mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it can't become anything then or yeah. whatever. And so it was like watching. It was like, no, no, no. Like yeah. you want to be with each other and there's nothing really stopping you. Except now she's choosing to go to University of Michigan. And that I'm sorry. But when he goes with her, number one, that they have a understanding about that they're both attracted to each other and that mm-hmm. they can't be together and then he goes lingerie shopping with her you cannot pay no me enough way. money to go lingerie shopping with any friend of mine it's a girl there's not a sum of money i've had girlfriends that walk me into the store with them and i still feel uncomfortable yeah. being in oh, there yeah. so i mean he plays it off very well he does but, but no why yeah. would she bring yeah. him into that situation yes, absolutely why I, and then she comes out with that like assless thing and is like what do you think about this and does a spin yeah what's what, like, you, what are you doing what, you know what, what you're are doing. you doing yeah like really why would he ever go laundry shopping with a girl he has a crush on yeah i don't know okay. that's the one scene that really didn't line up it, did. <clears throat> it was almost like they were maybe it was because they were like testing each other to see if they could really be just friends so there is an article on GQ by Jaya Sazina. Sazina about sleeping with other people, how it's streaming on Netflix. And it says it's a smarter version of Harry's question to Sally about whether or not men and women can be friends. And it explains the movie a little bit, blah, blah, blah. And it says, he says, you take this risk when you start sleeping with people, you risk losing them. Jake says that, which I feel like is so true. I forgot about that line. You know, once you bring sex into it, it's not a friendship anymore. You you can't necessarily recover like a friendship can if you fight or if something happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this person, Jaya, you know, really you- appreciates the whole idea of putting friendship before romance. Mm-hmm. It changes. I know it. it you're you're hundred percent right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. She says it becomes taboo to talk about the friend zone in most circles. It's the language of incels and men's right activists. But the threat of the friend zone is what lies under every rom com. It's typical that the male protagonist is working against the friend zone. You know, he will somehow be doomed to the to be just friends, just like Ryan Reynolds, or nothing at all with the woman he realizes he loves. But Jake moves through that fear and focuses on being a good friend to Lainey, not in spite of his love, but because of it. 
He doesn't view friendship as a consolation prize. Their friendship is the most important, powerful relationship he has, and it's good enough as it is. Which I thought was really insightful. Mm -hmm. Well, and then they have that conversation. This is the phone conversation where they're separate, where they say they love each other for free. Mm-hmm. Like that conversation yeah, was long as I lines. love you for free. I did scream at the TV yeah. at that point because I just couldn't take it's it so anymore. Good. I know, but it's so, it, it's beautiful. That scene is, it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking because again, mm-hmm. like if you're a person that's lived any amount of like a love life, you've experienced a lot of these really difficult moments and emotions, Yeah, you know, where you know that mm-hmm. there's a real push and pull and that once you, like you said, once you go kind of in one direction, there's no putting it back in the box. Yeah. And it's... Well, and I think when Harry met Sally, I guess kind of proves that women and men can't be just friends or something. But I don't know if it's a question of whether women and men can be friends. It's whether friendship can be maintained and then blossom into something else, possibly, or not. Like, maybe, you know, we need to value our friendships with people of different sexes, regardless of where that friendship will lead, because in and of itself, it is an important relationship. Um, At the very end of the article, she says, um, good friends should be cherished wherever, good friendship should be cherished wherever it's found. Gender is bullshit. Do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is great. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I am constantly talking telling people about the podcast and explaining who you are to Mm -hmm. me because people are always like who's justin i'm like he's my good friend it's fine he's also friends with brian don't worry (laughs) we've known each other since college Mm -hmm. he's also friends with brian it's like i have to say that so people aren't like what yeah you have a male friend that you do a podcast with and brian's okay with it and if and it's funny i feel like i have to explain the same thing and be like no no, i'm really good friends with her husband too but then it also feels like it cheapens it because like i shouldn't have to say that like number one it makes it sound like you know like oh no husband approves her gatekeepers which is is not at all the case in any way shape or form not like that no no, but it but it always feels like that when i say it i almost catch myself kind of like but i'm friends with yeah no we know each other we do yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, we've known each other a really long time we're very good friends we do a bunch of stuff together it's fine like it's not weird i swear yeah (laughs) everybody's like and i i mean using us sitting here as examples one thing but like i've had women over the years that are they are friends i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's that i have had women that are friends that have turned into relationships before that's also been the case Mm -hmm. but i don't think i think this idea that men and women can't be friends i mean maybe when you're like for me, at least, I was so goddamn hormonal. It's 17, well, yeah. 18, 19, 20. That's a different ball game. Right. Once you're in your 30s, like, it's a different mm-hmm. thing, I think, to some extent. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it is easy for sometimes lines to get blurred if there's not. Well, and I think it's also a generational thing because my mom was saying I had been out with a friend and our other friend got in a kerfuffle with him. And it was a whole thing that I was trying to smooth out. They were both men. And the the friend, the original friend who I had been talking about texted me the next day to apologize and said, I'm sorry, I got you in the middle of that, you know, and, and I was talking to him about it. And I told my mom about it. And she said, it's so nice that he texted you directly and didn't feel the need to, like, talk to you through Brian. 
And I was like, I didn't even think about it because we've been also been friends since college and he's just my friend. Yeah. And she's like, generationally, that just doesn't happen. That wouldn't really happen in my circles of friends. Mm -hmm. It's like you would have to speak through their spouse or something. And it's just, you know, maybe it's because we are a different generation that it is more open and Mm -hmm. people are less weird about male female stuff yeah and gender is fluid and gender (laughs) fuck the patriarchy you know what i do want to take back when i said people can be you know it's 16 17 it's a different ball game Mm -hmm. i just thought of two friends of mine that are are girls uh, they're very good friends Mm -hmm. who from 16 and and absolutely gorgeous women inside and out i mean Mm -hmm. just some of the kindest nicest people in the world Mm mm-hmm never once has there been an awkward kind of sexual thing between us at any point. It's been a good friendship. So I have Hmm. been able to maintain um, relationships with women, just normal relationships. And again, like you said, like I've never really thought too, too much of it. Like it's never been really, I never felt like I was like super encroaching when they were dating people or this or that and never really got any feedback from the guys they were dating as such either. Hmm. So that's maybe you're right. Maybe it is more of a generational thing. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. People got some feedback. Let us know because we might be mm-hmm. might be entirely wrong. Yeah, I mean, and Brian's always been a very open person too. His two really good friends who he lived with in college were both girls, and we still keep in touch with them. And it, it was it's just never been an issue, mm. really. And my good friends, when I was in grad school, one of my best friends is male, and he became really good friends with him to the point where they may even be better friends. But it's like he never felt like threatened or weird about it. And it was so nice when we started dating to have him not be weird because my last boyfriend was so territorial and, and very uh, possessive and overprotective. So I was like, wow, this is nice. See, and that's never made any sense to me either to be overly possessive and worried about other guys because it's like you know what if something at least my now and for many years my attitude's been if something's gonna happen it's i can do what i can do you know i'm gonna be nice i'm gonna try to interpret the person you are and if and read from that what i can Mm -hmm. but me being ridiculous and worried like all it's gonna do is cause me grief drive you away right and cause a bunch of headaches the opposite of what what, you want and you're gonna kind of end up where you're gonna gonna make your fears a reality best case scenario things end up where they were going anyway worst case scenario it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right you know and i mean i know people have had horrible situations where they were cheated on and now they feel burned or Mm -hmm. whatever and they carry baggage around but brian and i have always said like we're gonna trust each other 100 percent until that trust is broken it's like why not trust each other if something happens and that trust is broken, then you have to, you know, reassess yeah. what the heck's going on. But it's like, why be weird about something that has never happened? Yeah. Well, and even carrying baggage on, like, I've been cheated on a ton. Like, I would say... Really? Oh, God, I think I've only been in one relationship. I wasn't really, like, cheated on. Maybe two. No, maybe two. Yeah, like two. Wow. Um. Oh, no, it's some of it does fall back on me. I, I realize that things I've had to work on with myself and I'm OK with that. Yeah, but, but you're not at fault for someone 
having sex with someone <laughs> well no but i mean like uh you know just driving driving kind of away with my ad- either way thing i have i have made my peace with my part in it right. but it hasn't affected i don't think my attitude then going forward where i overly worry about things because again my attitude is number one what's gonna happen is gonna happen but two like i don't want i try not to and i don't always do it great but i don't like to punish another person for someone yeah. else's sins i am guilty of doing yeah. that quite a bit but i try not to you know, and that's one thing that I, at least I try to be conscious of. Like, all right, just because that didn't work out there, I'm not going to be a wackadoo nut job with in you this over new here. Place. No, exactly, because yeah. all that does is it, it uh, just sours things. Yeah. Uh, I do want to point out though, this movie. So take the rough plot line outline in your head. Mm-hmm. Now set the movie in 2003. Zach Braff is the lead. And then change the soundtrack slightly. This goes from romantic comedy to a tragic, heartbreaking movie for most of it. With Zach Braff. Zach Braff from Scrubs. Yeah. And like Garden State. Are you just putting him in? I'm the movie? literally just saying. I thought you were saying there's another movie. No, no, that no, no. I'm this. no, no. I'm saying like move this oh, nearly this exact script to 2003. Plunk him in it and change the music. And this is, goes from being a really fun romantic comedy, and it becomes like a heartbreaking movie. Where he's just chasing and pining after a girl. I just, the whole time I'm watching this, for whatever reason, that's what I was thinking of. Except for the ending. Well, no, then it gets happy. I'm saying most yeah. of it would be like him sadly pining after. So I'm really glad but it got made. I don't know if he, I guess, yeah, I guess you can change the music and change it to a more emo actor. But I just thought as I was watching that, it felt like it could be, it had elements that in different hands could very easily be like a Zach Braff sad movie. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of my... Yeah, I can see that. This movie did have one of my favorite lines. What? I'd rather fail with you than win with anyone else. That was the one line that he said that I could tell he didn't want to say that line. Like, he just looks like, this is the line of the movie... And I, I don't like, want to say it. I liked it. I really <laughs> did. I liked that movie a lot. Mm. And he may have hated saying it, but maybe that... It's almost like he and she grinned at each other when he was saying it, like, oh, I have to say this. Yeah, but maybe that reluctance made it seem to me more sincere, like he was scared to say, I liked it. Don't take it away <laughs> from me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, like, I thought the... Le- and then before you get into the, the things, I thought the part with Amanda Pete. Then the whole, there's like a whole 15 minutes kind of after that, <clears throat> that I think they really could have like chopped down and made this movie a, a hair tighter by getting rid of. Yeah. And like, oh, she's, and then like the whole thing of him packing her and sending, like I could have done without about 15 minutes the end of this movie to make it a hair tighter. Yeah. But I guess at 140, it's already a pretty tight movie. Just yeah. that, that felt a little dragged out for me. Like we know everything uh, we the need. The saying nothing. goodbye part and then the leaving got me because i'm terrible at saying goodbye are you terrible and brian's like bye <laughs> see ya well see ya, everybody and he's already like on to something else by the time he's turned around and i'm like goodbye <sighs> i'm just standing there watching the car leave crying or in the car crying mm-hmm. like i'm not a good oh i'm a t- goodbye I, person the the idea of of closing a door on a portion mm-hmm. of life for a person same yeah. thing I cried. Granted, I was drunk. From after college graduation, I cried from Dayton, Ohio, to us hitting my house. Oh. And that's an hour and a fifteen hour and a half yeah. s- with me snot sobbing, oh. snot because I knew that was the end of something. I mean, I have the same problem. I get nervous and anxious 
on New Year's Eve every year. Really? Because you're saying goodbye to the whole year. It's oh, gone. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. I don't like New Year's Eve very much oh. because you have to say goodbye but to the I've whole year. But I've had fun with you on New Year's. Yeah, you married my daughter. <laughs> I did marry your daughter. That was... <laughs> We'll tell that story another she time. Just so. in a witch's costume with flowers she found in the basement, and she probably will deny it forever and ever. She doesn't remember. I it know at all. she doesn't, but I do. Yeah, it was a sweet moment. Yeah, I was sincere. Now she hates me. <laughs> I know she likes you. Well, she's mean to me, but it's okay. She's at that. She's age. mean in in the way of yeah liking. Well, yeah, she's nagging you. She is nagging me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you want to dive into our romantic comedy elements and see how this film does or does not fit sure. them. So the meet cute Love it. was when they were in college. Was this our most aggressive meet cute yet? This was a very aggressive meet yeah. cute. He really came in like a knight in shining armor to save her from the RA who was about to kick her out. With a mustache? I have it written that he in my notes he had that he a mustache? I have it written in here that he had a mustache. Huh, I don't remember that part. I have a, actually a thing in here asking if I could pull off a mustache, but we'll save that Adam for another Scott podcast. Had he had a mustache later, yes, but I'm yeah. almost. I have written here at least that he had a, mu- but we didn't see him in that scene. So yeah. he, according to my notes, Sarah, huh? Yeah, well, and then talks to her about why she's obsessed with this guy. Mm-hmm. They go up on the roof and on a couch. No one would be able to get up outside, there now. Inside furniture, outside. outside. Couch. I love outside couch. Oh, outside couch on a roof that thing had to in new york dink. yeah and you know there was lots of doing it on that couch oh, not probably. just them yeah. that was a gross couch <laughs> no one would sit on that couch yeah so good meet cute yeah because they, um, did, they didn't know each other at all he came in he saved her and yeah. he calmed her down and then they never saw each other again yeah and then uh, the reason they can't be together is because they're, they're both sex, sex addicts. addicts. Or she seems to be a sex addict only for Adam Scott. Yeah, I never. That's the one part of this movie that I never really wrapped my head around. Like, wait, you like each other. You think you're going to screw up the friendships. You can't be together because you think you'll screw up the friendship was basically. Yeah. It, right? Well, you both have the same problems. So they're almost having an experiment mm-hmm. where they will be each other's. Like sponsor, kind of. So in what we talked about earlier, they saw more value in the friendship and didn't want to screw it up by going mm-hmm. past that point of no return. Right. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I thought they were a little kind of wishy-washy at times with that. Like, uh, yeah, they're both in sex addicts. Yeah. And also, like, they'd already had sex, so they were, it was almost like they were inoculated against each other or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Something. Well. That's a good reason to be not be. Well, it's a good reason to not be together because then it lets them explore what we talked about, like the idea of friendship, friendship between yeah. men and women. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I know there was a montage when she was teaching the children at the birthday party to dance after they took a bunch of Molly. That was a funny scene. And it was there's some slow motion and some stuff. And it's like, number one, I have watched dance class of a six year old. There's no way those kids could keep up with what she was doing if they didn't already know the dance. I was like, kids, follow me. Don't worry. I'm a kindergarten teacher. No, that would never. They would just stand there staring at her. Um, And they were, of course, perfectly in sync with her and everything was great. But I I think there's maybe a montage of her like packing stuff. Yeah, I feel like there. I don't have a note down about that, but I I feel like there had to be another one in there somewhere. Which goes along with the soundtrack, which I didn't find... All that remarkable. I don't remember anything from it, so I'm the guessing. The only song I remember is Modern Love by David Bowie. 
I feel like there's David Bowie in a lot of soundtrack. Like that's the romantic comedy go-to yeah. artist. David Bowie. Well, there was uh, "Get Over It" by OK Go. How does that go? Get 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 oh, over it. Yeah. Hey. Do 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 do. Get 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 over it. There were some Christmas songs because of going through Christmas at one point in the movie. It's a Public Enemy song. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff that I had never heard of. Someone called Miniature Tigers has two or three there songs. There are a couple, yeah, a couple of those. Yeah, I don't remember sitting there and too much of it really jumped at me like some of them do, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. not great there. Runtime, mm-hmm. like we said, Runtime hour 40, was perfect. and that's right in the pocket for these we figured out. Yeah. So, like that. But you know what? It felt, I will <clears throat> say this, it felt like a much longer movie, but not in a bad way. Like, it it didn't feel like anything was rushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt full. Yeah, it felt you know? and, and like complete. I said, if anything, I would have chopped like 5, 10, 15 minutes tops off the end mm-hmm. of it, but not really. It's an hour 40. So The strange thing about it is she never had any ancillary friends other than him. Yeah, you're right. She didn't have any female friends. There was no sassy side friend on her side. Yeah. Obviously, Jason, Jason Manzugas. He's so great. And I loved their relationship and how he would call Jason Sudeikis out and he was the steady married one. Well, and actually seeing him in a role, I know part where of his Where he wasn't shtick, insane. Yeah, part of his shtick yeah. is over the top and like, you know, uh, uh, leaning on like gross sexual over the top yeah, things. Like and, he like, was a responsible. Yeah, that was adult. great to see him kind of play that side of it. And, like, oh yeah, like he's yeah. Pr- he's actually a pretty good everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, he was great. Yeah. Um, the jobs we still don't know what he <laughs> sold. <laughs> Entrepreneur, <laughs> and she's a kindergarten what? teacher. I think we figure out it's something to do with tech. They're yeah. tech entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Yeah. Okay, we'll, something. we'll go with that. So yeah, tech entrepreneur and kindergarten teacher. But going back to med, med school, school, if she's in her early 30s and she's going back to med school, I feel like that's a long track to make it a doctor. Like you won't even be mm-hmm. out until you're in like 40. And then are you going to be able to pay those bills off? Mm. I don't know. I'm just questioning her financial decisions. I mean, I have a friend who started med school when he was 29, I think. Okay. It was late. I just, I wish, you know, is she going for like a faster program, perhaps? No idea. You know, just, that was a bit of a throwing things for a loop kind of thing. Like, Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Okay. I, did she mention it earlier in the movie? No, maybe? not that yeah, I can I don't think of. Think. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, it. he, for how much money he apparently makes, his apartment was fine for New York. Hers was outlandishly large for a, for kindergarten? a kindergarten teacher. It's like those House Hunter episodes of people joke about where it's like, our budget is $4.3 million. I raise llamas and she paints yes. you know, ceramics on weekends. It's like, what? Okay. The, the city, New, New York. York. And again, plays a pretty big part, I would yeah. say. I, I mean, mean, it's different though. There aren't like wide angle shots and all of this New York blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it's them living in it. It's being yeah. on a rooftop. It's being in a park. It's things that. But I never am like major. that's Central Park. That's the roof of blah blah blah. Yeah, but I mean, if they're supposed to be these, hu- I mean, these I think young they could have contra- gotten away with being in any large city. It would have to be a large city though, because if they're playing that tech entrepreneur side of it, mm-hmm. and also then her moving away for college and like if she's going to Michigan, it's because she probably wants a smaller atmosphere. Why wouldn't she go to a 
college mm-hmm. in New York at that. And I'm like, if you can get into University of Michigan Med School, you could probably get into something, something in, New in New York. Yeah, so yeah. she's obviously going you for a change. You can get into City University of New York or something. Yeah, so they were trying to show the character was seeking a change. And uh, so it had to be in a big city and then move her down. I don't know. I think you put this in LA, different movie, doesn't feel as good to me. Chicago, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I think Chicago. I think it, or Maybe she's from Michigan. Okay, we'll go with that. Know. Maybe she worked at Fa- Fountain Point. Fountain Point. Fountain Point. Uh, there's a lot of levity in this. Yeah, this is a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's upbeat, even when it's kind of like the sat- mm-hmm. the heart-wrenching moments, the touching moments. Yeah. Even those are still kind of like... It's touching without being sappy and droopy. Yeah, exactly. It never, yeah. You never really get like down. And I guess that's what I was saying when I mentioned if Zach Braff was in this and it was made earlier, mm-hmm. it wouldn't stay upbeat like this. It would yeah. go down it would a lot. Yeah. yeah. And like, this is very, I, I don't know if it it's just of light. the time that it's like a romantic comedy made now-ish or if it's just these actors or what. But I, I think this movie made even 10 years ago feels completely differently. Hmm. I just think it would have been made that way. I yeah, really do. Probably. Um, if we're talking, if this is one of our tropes, boobs, Got great boobs oh, on this. Uh, she has amazing boobs. I mean, they do go to a lingerie store. Yeah, she she is showing off. Mm-hmm. She was trying to. I don't know what her game was there, but I'm glad she was playing it. <laughs> <laughs> boobs. Yep. So good boobs. Great boobs. Um, oh, didn't she take her top off at the pool party or something too? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was a good thing. <laughs> um, I want to go to that pool party. Yeah. Right. Why does it never happen at kids' parties I go to? We are boring. That's a good point. Live in the Midwest. Some, someone needs to bring a drunk, not girlfriend yeah. to these. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is the subgenre? More than more than friends? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say more than friends. It's not slapstick. There's not enough no. physical comedy for that. It's not a breakup one. It's no, not, I go more. It's than... not deceit. It's the exact opposite of deceit. Yeah. Yeah. More a, than friends. More than friends. Because they, because they, they're more f- than friends. friends. Because they're fighting that the whole movie. That's yeah. what they're exploring is trying to, re- is resisting the temptation yeah. to be more than friends, knowing they'll screw up what they have. Yeah. I call them more than friends. Yeah. Any ca- specific cameo? Like I said, the only one that really got me isn't a cameo. It's just someone I recognize was, yeah. was uh, Craig from Parks and Rec. Nobody. And yeah, Jason Manzoukas is in it. Uh, yeah, nobody that's really, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It's a really tight cast. Yeah. It would have been a good opportunity to use one of the girls he went on those when he had that series of dates. Mm-hmm. That would have been a really good opportunity to throw in a random cameo. That would be good. Yeah, they could have done something fun there, like yeah. pull some of his SNL friends in. Oh, yeah. Or uh, is he the one that dates, is married to Olivia Wilde? Yeah. That would have been a funny That cameo. would have been funny. That would have been really yeah. funny. And then like she shuts him down during a date. Mm-hmm. That would have been a really, I would have liked that as a wink. Yeah. I, th- I think it's one of the movies that ends on like a sassy note. It's like they're on their way to get married and then they're like, let's just go do it. I agree. Really quick. Like that's a kind of a sassy. Well, and then doesn't it cut to, then it's like we said, it cuts to Jason Manzoukas and them at the courthouse. Like, where are they? Mm-hmm. Where are they? Yeah, I like no, that. They it- say they're going to be a while. Uh, and just keep going. It, send- it sends you out on an upbeat and kind of a little quip. Yeah, I, I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah. It's about what we've got. Okay, so Sarah, then, if an alien came down and said, beep, boop, I want to see a romantic comedy. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep that, boop. You know, scale of one to ten, ten being quintessential romantic comedy, what what are the chances that you're going to show this alien the this this as a romantic comedy? I would probably give it a, like, an 8.5 or a 9, 
because the mark I would take off is not a memorable soundtrack. And the storyline is unconventional, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not the typical rom-com, which is something that I enjoyed, Mm -hmm. and it does a lot of good exploration and to why people are the way they are and what they do, but it doesn't tell the story in quite the same... If you were showing someone it as an as an archetype of, for romantic yeah, comedy archetype yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah I'd, I'd say yeah i'd probably say nine for kind of the same reason like soundtrack could be a little bit more memorable i think you had some opportunities for really fun cameos in it and like we've mm-hmm. said that's you know a big part a of romantic com- even like if they made it doubled up and made a montage with it they could have they could have gotten rid of a lot of these just by making a montage with a good song attached to it and some cameos of him going on dates yeah. with like you know Kristen wig maybe thrown in or mm-hmm. Kristen wig with her tiny hands mm-hmm. or uh the tiny it's hands my by myself <laughs> yeah uh but yeah, I I mean, I like that it was a little bit different, uh, an unconventional approach. I like that it did how it did kind of comment on, yeah. you know, friendship and romance and how yeah. those things can interplay. And, People's yeah, and compulsions. Just, and just this idea that like two people can come together and say, like, I, I'm not ready or good enough to know that I can do this right. Like, I will I will mess this up, so we shouldn't go further. Yeah. You know, I think that's neat to see that, because, like, I myself am a work in progress. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I have made similar comments, you know, to be like, I, I'm not screwing this up because I will screw it up. We're not, this is not right. happening. Cause we, and then I think, I don't know, I haven't seen too many movies that did dive into that idea. And I think that's cool to let people know there's nothing wrong with self-improvement and acknowledging that you got you got work to do. Okay, so So. if we were to indulge people who didn't like Jason Sudeikis, who would we cast instead? First off, they're stupid because he's the best. (laughs) Who would you cast? So it has to be like a younger guy because they're supposed to be tech entrepreneurs. Yeah. Hmm. Everyone I'm thinking of would be way worse. Like Jason Bateman or Will Forte. Hard disagree. Will Forte I think Will would Forte be insane. Would, I think Will Forte would be perfect. He would bring an insanity that uh, would not I did, fly in this movie. You know, you know who could actually do it really well now that you said Will Forte, like sticking to the same type of SNL thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy I like, who I always get confused with Will Forte, but they're completely different. Help me out I need here. More. No, you don't. Bill Hader. That's it. Really? We, yeah, we've done this before. <laughs> Bill Hader. I think Bill Hader would be great in that role because he can do like over the yeah. top crazy when he needs to. I just don't think Bill Hader is conventionally attractive enough to play a womanizer. Was was Jason Manzukas was supposed to be a, a womanizer? I'm talking about Jason Sudeikis. Oh, I thought you said Jason Manzukas. No. Oh, no. Let's, okay, let's, <laughs> let's rewind. I will, Will Forte would play a great Jason Manzukas. See, that's what I thought you were saying. Absolutely. Okay, no, let's start be over great. because I, I heard what I wanted to hear. Okay. 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 Uh, so Jason Sudeikis, the lead the in this lead movie. The lead that people don't like. Some people don't like. Well, not Zach Braff. I've no, that wouldn't be the that. right that move would be, to go. We need somebody who's conventionally attractive. And funny. Right. But maybe less smirky. Yeah. You know who could probably play it if he were 30 years younger, 20 years younger, and maybe a little bit edgier? Who? Tom Hanks. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But would he get into like, 
I like funny, funny sexual roles. I don't know if that's a Tom Hanksy type thing. You know who could be funny? Huh? If he were 30 years younger? Hmm. Chevy Chase. Yeah. That's the answer. A 30, 30 years ago, Chevy Chase. That, totally. that is the answer. Like Chevy Chase in like his Fletch. Yeah. Age. No, that would actually, I would watch that movie. He could do that. I never knew I wanted that so bad. Because he has that edge. Yeah. He absolutely and does. And he has that silliness. And he also has, he's he's good looking. Yes, he but is. But he also knows he is. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. cock, like kind of that cock. Because yeah. there has to be a cockiness to it. But he it. has kind of a quality of, he's he's self-assured and he could talk somebody down, mm-hmm. you know, and be young Ted Danson could too. Well, yeah. <laughs> young Ted Danson could do anything. <laughs> I'm scrolling through this uh uh, guys who are funny and too attractive for Hollywood and Terry Crews is on it and it's a picture of him on a fur rug with nothing but a basketball hole over his crotch. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so that's out there. <laughs> that's funny. I feel like we're close. Yeah, no, like, we're really close. We need to like Tell me if you like this. What? And it it maybe it would be a little too community. Donald Glover, him and Allison Brie have chemistry. Yeah. What about if we're also doing community? Mm-hmm. Joel McHale. That's a good one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got that same thing. Yeah, and he's got he's got more of like a I don't want to say smarmy attitude, like but a that's a good description. Guy. Yeah, like just like he has a an edge. Uh-huh. Like a like smart and cutting. I don't want to say creepy, but you know, like I don't think Donald Glover could play it the same way as him. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Joel McHale. Maybe that's the best for Joel getting. Joel McHale. I mean, obviously, again, the answer is Chevy Chase. <laughs> and you're right. Will Forte would be so funny. He would be out of control. I've talked to you before about this. Have you ever seen the Benjamin Franklin skit? Yes, all the it's time. So, you have tried to show it to me. Oh, so my God. It's so <laughs> not funny, but the concept of it is hysterical. Okay, wait. What about okay. John Krasinski? Could he do it? Could he play an edge? Because like, like we've talked about his like that's my goofy... problem with Jack Ryan. Yeah, could he play an edge? Because he's like too sweet of a. Yeah, could he really do that bottle scene? What if we bumped up the ages of the protagonist and Alec Baldwin came in and played a creepy <laughs> sex addict? Alec Baldwin so, and Meryl Streep <laughs> <laughs> star in sleeping with other people. Oh man! Although Alec Baldwin's wife is pregnant with their fifth kid, and she is. Like two years older than us. Wow. Alec Baldwin could play against a younger woman. He, I guess he could because he, <laughs> he lives that. Yeah. Man, I wish we'd come up with a better answer. If anybody's got any good ideas. Yeah, somebody write in. Yeah, let us know. Think about it. There's the right answers out there. I feel like it's on the tip of our tongues, I know. but it's just not. We'll come back to this next episode. Yeah. We'll come back with your best yeah. choices. Okay. Well, that's about all I got. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, well, Sarah, it. where where should people, if they wanted to send us an idea? Uh, Instagram. Yeah. Romcomcom, D-O-T-com. Okay. And they could check out some posts and also let us know there who they would have uh, play, play Jason, Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis. Somebody who you think would be better than Jason Sudeikis if you have a problem with him. Yeah. Or if you Which just I don't, have an idea. But many people do. Yeah. And then if they wanted to email that to us, they could send that to... Mail at romcomcom.com. That's awesome. And if they loved our theme song, intro and outro... <laughs> Sarah, if they loved our intro and outro <laughs> theme song, uh, what band would they look up? They would look up... The Keys to Cat Heaven is the name by... of the album. This is my suitcase. And the name of the song is Love. 
L O V E. Yes, it is love. <laughs> <laughs> this they, is my suitcase. I know these three things, just not in order. <laughs> Album is the keys to cat heaven. They just. They're not a band anymore, I don't think, but they just like released something online I saw. And also like their side projects are still going. So please make sure to check them out. They are yeah. uh, a, a good group of Columbus musicians with a ton of good side projects. So check them out. And I think that's that's everything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I really like this movie. Yeah, me too. I think everybody should go watch it. It's you on really Netflix. Should. It's yeah. free it if is you have f- Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's free if you pay. How much is a Netflix nowadays? Am I paying eight ninety nine? maybe? I think I am. Yeah, yeah. it bumped up. Then I'm probably paying But we're original. I think if you come in now, it's more like twelve ninety nine. dollars oh. Yeah, just get the Netflix. Yeah, watch just do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> do it. You'll like this movie. Yeah. All right. I had fun, Sarah. I had fun, too. Bye. <laughs> You got to make a decision.